0: All right. Well, let me pray for us. This morning, we are, we're kicking off a, a stewardship series for three weeks. And just to give you a quick heads up, this is uh, just going to be a little, little family time. How fun is that? I'm not going like, to take the Bible and bash it you over your head too much, but we're going to talk about some things that will feel like I'm bashing you over the head. But just so it's coming from me, not the Word of God until the end, of course. So I just want to give you a kind of expectation of where we're going, talking about money and um, if you don't know anything about our church, it causes me and all of our staff anxiety, and it's nerve-wracking, um, but we got to have a, a little family business, so that's what this morning gets to be. So let me pray for us, and then we'll hop in and get after it, okay? Heavenly Father and our gracious God, thank you for my church. Thank you for this place, the gift um, of all my friends in this room, and to worship you, to celebrate you, to love you, to be empowered by you, and to get after the ministry that you've called us to do, both individually and corporately. As we spend some time talking about money and money raises all these weird red flags in all of our hearts, God, I pray that we would just be able to relax and simmer down, to listen, to listen through all of our own junk, through all of my stuff, and hear from you and move forward in whatever ways that you've called us. We love you. And all of God's kids said, Amen. Amen. All right, well, I live right by Novato High School, and uh, that means that, feels weekly, but maybe it's not quite that much, some kid from lacrosse JV shows up at my house selling those little like coupon books. You know those little coupon books. It's like it's a book and has their schedule, and then it's like uh, Italian delight and like two other places. And I go, all right, 20 bucks. He goes, would you support JV or junior varsity lacrosse? Of course, I'm going to support junior varsity lacrosse. And uh, I goes, is not like soccer with sticks. And they go, yeah. So I give him 20 bucks. And and sure enough, down the road, hi, some girl knocks on my door. Oh, hi, sir. Would you support girls varsity soccer? Uh, well, sure, how? Well, if you buy this little coupon book, oh, great, I need more coupons to Italian Delight. Perfect. So 20 bucks, you know, it goes to her. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, would you help to support San Maroon Baseball? Sure, how much? 20 bucks, what do I get? Ah, oh, Italian Delight coupons, awesome. <laughs> and so my whole room is just, my office is packed out with Italian Delight coupons. And the deal is we're talking about uh, dangerous generosity, right? We want to be generous. So when people come up and go, oh, hey, can you support junior varsity lacrosse? I want to be generous. Of course, what am I gonna say? You got it, 20 bucks, there you go kid. Unfortunately, now they all know that we're suckers and so they hit us up all the time, right? But like in February, just around here, you had all these girls go, will you buy Girl Scout cookies? How do I say no as the children's pastor to say, no, I'm not gonna buy Girl Scout cookies from you. So we're buying Girl Scout cookies all the time, right? And, uh, And I love being generous. I love dropping 20 bucks and supporting junior varsity, lacrosse, or buying Girl Scout cookies. I love being generous. It feels so generous. Um, every summer, all of our college kids, uh, they, they, you know, they come back from college, they're gonna go on some mission trip, and they rise to note. Dear Ben and Katie, thank you so much for all the callous hours that you've poured into my spiritual development. And we, actually, they just take the form letter and go, Dear Ben and Katie. Someday we'll get that letter, though, right? That would be great. But it doesn't matter if it's a real heartfelt letter or if it's just a form letter with our name. Oh, there's 25 bucks. That's for you guys to know in the future. Any letter we get from a kid going on a summer mission trip, 25 bucks. Because we are generous. We're so dangerously generous. Anyone? Yeah, I see a little bit of sarcasm. Thank you. And some people are like, yeah, he is. He's not. So... But the deal is, right, I want to be generous, we want to be dangerously generous, so we've said we are going to say yes to those things all the time. And that is, there's a part of generosity that, uh, that is spontaneous and it's fun and it feels good and there's a need and everyone comes forward for that need to help it happen and we need generous people and generous things are how that happens. This morning we're going to talk about a different part of generosity and this idea of actually having a plan about how we're generous. Because here's a truth for all people, Christians, non-Christians, all people in the world have a plan to support the things that matter to them. All of us, every single one of us, whatever matters to you, you are going to find a way to support, no matter what it is. So I don't really care about junior varsity lacrosse. I'm sorry to say I love the people who play junior varsity lacrosse, That's great. I don't love, there are people who love junior varsity lacrosse. I'm willing to be generous towards it, but when I sit down and think of my life and my plan and how I'm going to spend my money, I don't go, Katie, don't forget about junior varsity lacrosse. Now, we do think, oh, there's going to be, like, moocher kids coming to our house, so we do have to make space for that, but that's different, right? But we do sit down and we think we have to have a plan. The things that matter to us we're going to make space for. It. We're going to pay for it. We have a compassion kit. We've decided we are going to give money to Compassion We have to sit down and decide. And every month, this money goes out because we decided it matters to us, right? There's people who give money to political campaigns and the nonprofits, all sorts of things, because like there's one-time gifts which are great, but then there's the this matters to me, and right, we all have those one or two things they matter to you, and so you come up with a plan. Um, Our school, somehow we became those parents and are super invested in our school, which is great. And uh, thankfully, the way that they get money is with this big auction. But we have set aside a certain amount of money every year to be invested in our school. And uh, we show up at the auction and we start spending money like crazy until we get to this point. And if the auction's really good, then we blow up all those things. If the auction's really bad, then we just donate the money. But we have this money. We we have a plan to find things because they matter to us, right? You have the things that matter to you and you have a plan not the cross, but the things that matter to you and you develop a plan. And the question I'd like to pose to you is does Marin Covenant Church matter to you? Yeah. Like I know you like it, I know you love it, and I know you're here and life's all great, but I mean, when you think of your life and, and how you invest your time and your money and your life, does Marin Covenant Church matter? Does it matter the way that those other things that you make sure that you've intentionally set forward and invested space and time and go, does this place matter to me? So we're going to do a quick little group project. It's going to be really not costly at all yet. So if what I need to do is you have one whole minute in front of you is a piece of paper and a pen. I just want you to write down three things that you love about Marin Covenant. Three things. Even the most angsty person can be like, man, the shrubberies here are so awesome. The, the kids haven't ruined them yet. Okay? So that's one simple one for you. But what are three things that you love about Marin Covenant? Everyone has something. Go ahead and I'll give you One minute. All right, without the background music, that minute kind of goes by slowly. Jeez. Yeah, we're close enough. Okay, so this is the group participation time. I would love, you can't, there's no stories here. We're not gonna cry, there's no tissues. This is just a simple, what are the four words or one word that you put on your list? Is anyone willing to stand up and say, man, this is one of the things I love about Marin Covenant Church? Yeah, Adrian. Yep, go ahead. The people. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Yeah, what else? The pastors. The pastors. Now we're just shouting it out. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Working in children's ministry. Yes. Working in children's ministry. Todd. The
1: coffee.
0: The coffee is <laughs> legit. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. Safety to bring people who else don't stumble do, right? Yeah, there's some safety for that. For sure. Yep. Yeah. The hearts of those around me. The hearts of those around you. Good. Alpha. Alpha. Yes. Worship. Worship. That's real. For sure. No Ramsey. We all love that guy. Yeah. Grace abounds. Grace does abound. The music. The music, yeah. Good. You guys did better than first gathering. First gathering I think about it, like two things. We're like, oh geez, this is gonna be a harder message. But no, they figured it out. Yeah, so like here's the deal, like oh one more in the back? Outreach. Outreach. Yeah, we're doing all sorts of stuff in the world in our community. So here's the basic assumption. I'm gonna assume that you love our church. I mean, I get paid to be here. I totally get that. But this is the first church I've ever been paid to be at that I would think, yeah, I would actually come here. I love this church. You love this church. And uh, when, when we were preparing for, like, what is this, uh, what's this service going to be about? What's our stewardship thing going to be about? Um, did a bunch of study and listening to a bunch of people and how they talked about it. And uh, one of my favorite preachers, Andy Stanley, had this really incredible way to frame it. And he just simply posed this question, which I'm going to pose to you. Do you have a plan to support the church that you love? And that's really what we're going to talk about this morning. Do you have a plan to support the church that you love? Not to be generous and to care for little things like the junior varsity uh, lacrosse stuff that comes up, but a plan, a plan for regular and faithful giving to support the things that matter to you. And does Marin Covenant matter to you? Do you love Marin Covenant? And, um, and so to, before we talk about it, we're going to look at it from a negative perspective, which is maybe, well, why would you not have a plan And this is going to be just mildly awkward. And so I'm going to let you self-select out. Um, So if you don't love our church, um, okay, then you can kind of tune out for the next few minutes. If you already have a plan or faithfully giving to our church, that's great. If this is your first time here, you're like, oh, really? First time here? Offering Sunday again? Great. I'm sorry about that. We'll find a 20 bucks for you and we'll pay you. Um, (laughs) But for those of you who love our church... um, but i have never really thought about having a plan. right? you want to think about why don't you have a plan? And the first point is really simple. Maybe you just never thought about it. Maybe that was just something that never even made your radar. Like a church is something you give to? Is that a membership thing? Like I know there's offering, but like how does that all work? Does, God, does manna just come from heaven? You've never even thought about it. And I get that. But now you have. So now you know. You have to have a plan. So if you've never thought about it, now you've thought about it. Good job. The second one, the second point um, is... Uh, The second point is this, that maybe you've just never really sat down and thought about coming up with a plan. Like, you've never actually, like, sat down and thought of all the money that comes into your family and out of your family. How in the world does that all work? Um, it's funny, Like the younger you are, you only see money one way, which is you get it somehow and you spend it. Like That's all there is to money. Um, but at some point, as you get older, right, there's more sophisticated ways to look through it. When I was in college, I started learning about this thing called savings. Not because I cared about my future, but I wanted to learn how to surf and buy a wetsuit, and so the way I would save is I would eat beans and rice for a whole month, and then I had this chunk of change at the end, and then I'd buy something. Right? That's savings. I was like, that's a real principle. Who knew? I'm just starting to figure that out. And so the deal is we have to sit down and think about our money. As we get older and more mature, we have to be more complex in our thinking, right? Earlier in the service, we gave away 20 bucks. It was a gift from our church to you. Like, no no joke. I almost did one so you would tithe because that would work into my sermon. That'd be super great. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a gift to you, $20. How fun. That's actually something you could do with. Five bucks, not so much. 20, you can almost do something with. And, uh, and think about what are you going to do. Last, sur- last service, someone's like, I'm buying coffee. That's going to be great. One person's like, I'm going to save. Happy hour, right? Whatever. It's something that you have to think about. And, um, and depending on how sophisticated you want to be with that $20, you want to, right? You have to think about, is it, are you going to actually have a plan of how you spend it? Or are you just going to whatever the next thing is? are you going to spend it? And so in a very simple analogy, right, just like the way that our church gave that money, it's a free gift, it is yours to do whatever you want with, then it's on you to figure that out. All of our resources, every good, every pleasant, every perfect gift is from God. Everything we have is from him. And so how are we going to choose to use those resources? And, uh, and the deal is uh, our church is pretty committed to helping people figure that out. We do this thing called crown uh, financial planning um, and it's like a, you know, big investment as a 16 week or 12 week or it's a long time. It's a 10, 10. it's a 10 week course, right? It's a 10 week course. Uh, Other courses are longer, some are shorter. There's all sorts of books, but they all say the same thing. Every financial person out there in the whole world says the same thing, that you get this money, you either earn it or whatever, but right, it's a gift from God. You, you are stewarding it, but, or you earn it, it's yours. And then what are you going to do with that money? And all of the brilliant financial planners almost all say the same thing is you give some of it away, you save some of it, and then you spend the rest on, on your normal life, right? You don't just spend on your credit card like crazy and then hope there's money to pay it, right? that's, what, that's what I do or did, not anymore, but I'm trying not to, right? But that's, that's not the right way to look at money. All the financial investors say you have this lump of money, you give some of it away, you save some of it, and then you can spend it. And what's interesting is the way that we... Uh, when we save, when we start developing a savings plan, like our world starts changing a little bit. A few years ago, Kay and I got in a financial investor, a financial planner, and all of a sudden, we're like, he's like, well, when do you wanna retire? I'm like, well, we're young, we're not gonna die soon, why do we need to retire? He's like, no, you need to think about retirement, you need to think about college, you need to think about all these big costs down the road. And he said, well, if you put this much money away, Then in 30 years, you'll have this much money. And we're like, we'll be millionaires. This is awesome. Because who knew that this little bit of money that we put aside will invest and grow for our future, right? So the more mature we are with our money, the more we think we have to have a plan. We can't just spend whatever we have and not think about it. We have to think, this is the money that comes in. I need to think about my future, my retirement, college, car, whatever your thing is, you need to think about those things and you put money to save towards that. Well, as Christians, as followers of Christ, one of the things that we want, and it's not an addition, we actually say that the the first thing that we do is that we give. So we take the money that we have, and then we give it. So when, when you think about why would you not have a plan to support the church you love, one, maybe you've never thought about it. Two, maybe you've actually just never sat down and intentionally come up with a financial plan for your family, which you should do. All Christians should do. All humans should do. Everyone on the planet should do that. And the last reason that you may not ever thought about having a plan to give to Marine Covenant Church is because you might just be thinking to yourself, Marine Covenant does not need my money. And I can totally get how you would feel that way. I mean, when you walk up and you kind of do the awkward offering thing, and you come up and you put your check or your money or your offering, and you look in that basket and you're like, okay, here's a couple 20s and some ones and a bunch of folded up paper and trash maybe. And like, you look at that and you think, how does this basket pay for all of this? Like maybe there really is this weird spiritual God from heaven just blows up our bank account every time. Because you look inside the offering basket, especially like when it's passed, and you go like through the student section first, you're like, oh man, this is not happening, right? Um, and you look through and there's like, there's no there's no money. Like there is money, but like not the kind of money that we need to pay for salaries and budgets and light and insurance and healthcare, right? There's not that kind of money in these buckets. And you might think, Marin. So Marin, come and look how fancy these seats are. They do not need it. When you go to the bathroom, there's an awesome tile in the bathroom. These guys are awesome. They don't need it. So I can, and you're all generous people, so you might just think, they're fine. I'm going to choose to spend my money then on other places that do need my money. And, you, and you're super generous there, which is great. But the deal is, that's not how it is. That is not how our church works. Our church functions out of the faithful giving and tithes of you guys. And only really about 20% of you, you know that? In our whole church, there's only about 20% of our whole congregation that faithfully gives and has a plan of giving to our regular operating budget. In everything that we do at our church, these comfy seats and the nice lights, but even more of that, to the ministry, to our children, to our students, the outreach that we do in our community and in the whole world, all of that is taken care of by 20% of you who are faithfully getting after it. And, and, and I get that you may think, well, the, the rest of us, we don't need any because we're fine. And we as pastors, I will concede, are awful at talking about money. I and mean, we did a huge building campaign. Look at this thing. It's so beautiful. A huge building and stewardship campaign. We kind of took our core investors and sat down and gave them the really hard sell and said, man, we want to do this thing. Are you in? And they totally came through in a huge way. But when it came time to stand up here for the whole church, we were like, hey, want to give? <laughs> We just want 100% of people. So even if it's a dollar, just put a dollar in and we'll all be in. Like, we are so awkward and uncomfortable about it. And even in our awkward and uncomfortable and awfulness of how we talk about money, you as a church are so generous and we pulled this thing off. It is an incredible feat. But I can totally get that if you're just, you know, if you just come on a Sunday morning, you're part of our church and you just kind of put two and two together, you get, maybe Marine Covenant does not need our money. But you need to understand that You're right. We may not, like, we're not, oh, we're going down if we don't get your money. But we as a church operate on gifts and tithes and offerings. And right now we're scraping by. We get to do everything that we have been doing the way we've been doing it because of some faithful people, and that's awesome. But the reason why we're doing this stewardship campaign, the reason why we're like, man, maybe we need to be adults here and talk a little bit on a more adult level is because we have some bigger dreams about what we want to do as a church. We have bigger things we want to do than just do the bare minimum that we've been doing for six or seven years. And I think our bare minimum is pretty darn good still, but we want, to not, we want to be dreaming about getting after it. And the way that we can do that is by the other 80% of us coming up with a plan to give to the local church. Now, I do have one last thing. Like I said in the beginning, like, man, it's not really much of a sermon. So far, you've just heard me for almost 20 minutes. Um, but those are just common sense principles, right? It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, not Christian, how much angst you have towards the church. That's all just good, normal life. That's how we live. And as your pastors, we do want everyone to give and be generous and have a plan and so that we can like keep doing the ministry that we have. But even on a bigger level than that, we want you to give uh, because when you give, there is a humongous spiritual benefit. There's a benefit to Merlin Covenant for sure. And I hope that you hear that we need everyone to be a part of making Merlin Covenant Church happen. But way more than that. We want giving, regular, planned giving, to be part of your spiritual diet because there is an enormous spiritual blessing for you. And you know this is true in the real world. Um, um, Well, sorry, I got ahead of myself. In Luke chapter 12, um, verse 32 or 34, it says this. I forgot my Bible, so you got to get it up there. There you go. (laughs) for where your treasure is there your heart will be also here's this little proverbial snapshot that jesus gives in the middle of a little mini sermon on money on the big sermon the sermon of the mount he he says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also and what i love about the teachings of jesus is they're true you could be the biggest cynic in the world and this statement is true for all people for all time and i know it's true because i see it worked out in my own life my dad all growing up, was a season ticket holder for the 49ers. And so all growing up, I got to go and be a part of tailgate parties, you know, where you show up at 8 in the morning and um, everyone's um, eating and drinking things out of koozies. I didn't know what they were when I was a kid, but having a great time. All the way up until the, the game, you go to the game, and then after the game, more eating, and every Sunday my dad would do that. All growing up. And then whenever I'd go visit him, I'd get to be a part of that. And I got to know these guys and they got to know me. And it was just such a fun part of growing up. And my dad loved the 49ers. He loved them. Shirt, hat, sweatshirt. He knew all the players, all the stats, you know, old school fantasy league with paper and pens and drafts, like the old school stuff, you know, he was in it because he loved it. And then as he got a little older and um, his, his taste started changing a little bit, literally, he's like, you know what? this costs several thousand dollars a year, right? This investment, I put in this several thousand dollars a year investment, tuned his heart to love the 49ers. But he's decided, I'm going to use that money somewhere different. He actually said, I'm going to become, I'm going to run after very good wine. He became this huge wine connoisseur. And he took all that money, started really being invested in wine and being invested in wineries. And not, I mean, as his son, I really am thankful for that. But he <laughs> loves wine now. And what's interesting is he is invested in wine, is he invested in some of these wineries? And so when he thinks, when he talks, when he's just hanging out with his buddies, he's talking about these wineries, and he's talking about this wine because he is invested there. Now the 49ers, they're cool, but this wine stuff, that's what's consuming him, right? Because his money, where he put his money, that his heart followed. And a lot of times we think wherever our heart goes, you know, then that's where we should give. But as Christians, as mature people, just the truth for all people. We give and our heart will follow us, right? If you don't like the 49ers and you start giving thousands of dollars a year to them, you're gonna know a lot about the 49ers, right? <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. Um, but we do it for all things. For those of you guys who are invested in, in stocks or in real estate, right, it, you think about it. I'm not invested in stocks at all. I have a couple of mutual funds, so I don't even care what the market does. The housing market I am invested in, I do care, right? And my heart is attached differently to those sorts of things. Wherever your money is, wherever you've invested, there your heart will be. And Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth. right? The 49ers are going to fade away. These, the, these wine clubs are going to fade away. Stock market, housing, our own personal savings, it'll all fade away. At some point, there'll be none of it left. In a couple of generations, our great-great-grandkids won't even know our names. right? It all disappears at some point. And Jesus says, so therefore, you want to put your treasures in heaven, in heavenly things. And so we're saying, if you... Love Marin Covenant Church, then you should have a plan to support the ministries of Marin Covenant Church. And when you're invested in Marin Covenant Church, your heart is going to be about Marin Covenant Church and about the things that we are as a church and the ministries that we're going to be doing. And you're going to have a whole different worldview about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. And it's way different standing in the back and being no offense to guys in the back. Uh, not you guys, but in general, emotionally being in the back and being like, I'm out, whatever, music's too loud, I don't like how they do that down there, and just being contrarian and being nitpicky, that's way different than being an investor who sees something wrong and, and is going to fix it differently, right? There's a difference when we're invested that way. And the deal is all things in our life require disciplined investments. Discipline, small intentional investments are how we grow. It's how we give. You think, I'm going to read the Bible. It's going to be so great. And you open up the Bible and you start cranking it out. You are not going to read through the whole Bible, right? You're going to get tired. You're going to, you're, even though you might have read all of Genesis on one Saturday afternoon, you're going to be tired. But if you just read three chapters every day for a whole year, you've read through the whole Bible in one year. Very few of us can say, I've read through the whole Bible this year. Three chapters a day, that's it. Even less, let's lower expectations even more. Let's say you just want to read one chapter out of the Bible every day. A minute and a half of a spiritual investment. A minute and a half of a spiritual daily regular investment means that every three years you've read through the entire Bible. And you may really want to read through the entire Bible, but that doesn't get us there. Do you see? It's the little, small, regular investments. It works that way with money. It works that way with scripture, it works that way with spiritual growth, and it works that way for a church if we're going to get after it. Dropping the one big gift feeling bad because basically we did our version of junior varsity lacrosse asking is super great, and we love that. But all of that pales in comparison if all of us got on board and did regular disciplined giving to support the church that we love, that you love. So we're going to close this with one more thing. I just want to make it very simple for all of us. Just what does a plan look like? If you want to have a plan, what does that look like? The very simple starting point is simply going, maybe I should have a plan. Like you think that's very simple, but to actually get your mind around that intentional giving is part of your financial plan is a huge hurdle. I think that's actually the the biggest hurdle. But once you've gotten over that hurdle, like yes, I need a plan, What does that look like? I think there's two simple ways in which you can give to the church. One is that you kind of set an amount, like we do for San Ramon. We think, this is how much money we're going to give to San Ramon. It's an amount, and we give it to them. It's probably been the same amount every year. Our finances have changed, but we have the set amount, because in our mind, we have an amount. And that is great. If you think, I'm going to give this much money to support Marine Covenant Church, the church I love, this amount, that is great. The only difficulty is that is our lives and lifestyles are always changing. When I was in college and figuring out this Christian thing and loving Jesus, I'm like, I'm going to give $10 a week. I'm so generous, right? But as my finances have changed, if I've only kept giving $10 a week because that made sense back when I was in college, well, then I've kind of missed it. I'm not really generous. I just, I've, I've moved and grown, but my generosity, my giving hasn't. I'm still giving the set amount. Or maybe one year we gave all this money, we felt so generous, and then the bottom came, fell out financially. And then we're like, well, now what? We can't give that much, so we just won't give anything. And then everything, you're scrambling the whole time, so then you can never get to that part again. So, please, I think giving a set amount is a great place to start. But I think a better place to start is actually just thinking uh, percentage-wise, proportional giving, which is, this is how much I make. I'm going to take a percentage, and I'm going to give it, which means if I'm a gazillionaire or if I'm barely making it on part-time work and going to school and all the other things I have to do, it doesn't matter. A percentage, you say, this is how much that I'm giving. And as you grow and mature, and as you grow financially, as you bottom out financially, all those things that happen, you get to stay in the game the whole time. And maybe as you're thinking about Marine Covenant Church and the amount giving percentage-wise, maybe you have been given one or two percent, and that's like a great huge step, and that was part of your building thing. But maybe you might be thinking, man, I want to step this up. What's, What's it like to add one more percent? Adding one more percent, even though it may be small on this end, is actually way better than just, I'm going to give more at Christmas or whenever that offering is. It's the small, regular gifts that make Marin Covenant Church function. Now, for me, I, I, I think that all is, that's all great, but I want to know, what's the benchmark? I want to know when I've arrived. And, uh, and so, historically, Christians, geez, there's an answer for that. If you want to know when you've arrived and you're giving, you're like, yeah, I'm there, right? 10%, that's what Christians have done for all time. Before there were Christians, that's what Jewish, faithful Jewish people did all the time. It was faithful, percentage giving, 10%. And uh, what I love is, everyone says, well, Jesus never really talked about 10%, so I don't have to or whatever. And Jesus, all he does, anytime you think you're self-righteous about anything, Jesus will just blow you up. And the deal is, there is an assumption that, he says, when you give, the assumption is that when you're faithful, which you already are, when you're giving your 10%, um, relax. You don't get to be self-righteous about it right? That Jesus was saying, because what happens is I've given, this is what I would do and do often. I've given my 10%. This sermon, it's not for me. I'm good. I'm like one of the, I'm one of the guys. Jesus goes, oh my goodness. It is not about giving 10%. That's great. It's about giving your heart. It's about being generous. It's about always giving. It's giving, giving all of who you are away. That's what the call that Jesus has. 10% is nothing. Anybody could do 10% and nothing else. Jesus wants all of who we are. But the assumption, the baseline, is 10%. Now the deal is, as we're doing the stewardship campaign, as we're talking in the next couple weeks about what it means to have a plan to support the church that you love, we're gonna be encouraging you to, to have a plan, to think about a, the money that you wanna give. No one's gonna know, Art, Jeff and I, our leadership team, no one's gonna know what you decide. You can tell all of us, I'm giving 25%, and we'll high five you and you give none of it. We would never know. This is between you the Lord, you and your family, as you sort out, does Marine Covenant matter the way that everything else in your life that you give to matters? And if it does, what is the plan? And on one quick sidebar, I get that none of you, very few, have cash, have checks, like that's like part of your rhythm in life, right? There's like, remember like there's like this whole new thing called the internet and like you pay online or you can have your bank send away checks, like But that requires a plan and requires foresight. And if you're like, I'm not going to write a check or I'm not going to go to the ATM before church, that's not my rhythm. Well, then part of a plan is just going to our silly little website, click on the money thing and figure that out, or go into your bank, right? But it's you as adults having a plan. Because these are the three things that we're going to look at over the next three weeks. Today we covered the first one, which is simply asking the question, do you have a plan to support the church that you love? Man, don't you love Marine Covenant Church? We have baptisms, all those rocks, people giving their heart to Christ, kids and students making space to know Jesus, all the outreach that's happening in and among our community, the international stuff that we get to be a part of. Don't you love that stuff? I love our church. Do you have a plan to support it? And the second next week, Art's going to bring a great message, but talking about the only way that we can actually have a real plan of doing this is that we have to have a healthy and whole uh, view and use of money. We have to get that all of this money that we're holding on so tightly is actually God's money. God has given it to us to be a steward and we have to have a healthy and whole understanding of it if we're gonna be able to pull any of it off. Because if we have an intentional plan and we have the right view of money and all of a sudden we become a church where the majority of our church is invested into the ministry of Marine Covenant, then we can actually do the third thing, which is to fulfill the dreams that God has put on our hearts All of us have dreams of what our church could be. I know our pastoral staff, our entire church staff, our leadership team, we are wrestling and leaning into what does God have for us as a church? What can Marin Covenant be, truly be, in Marin Covenant? I mean, in Marin County. What would it be like to not have to just scrape by and figure out our health insurance, but to really be free to get after all that God has for us? And we're dreaming of some big things. And I love that even if nothing changes and our finances are exactly the same, and we're still gonna do incredible and faithful ministry. And our pastors and our leadership team are committed to doing faithful and excellent ministry. But we wanna dream and get after all that God has for us. So I'm gonna give you one minute to be quiet and do one more little thing. There's no sharing on this part, but on a little piece of paper you wrote down, these are the three things you, you love about Martin Covenant Church. I just want you to write down What's your plan? What's your plan to come up with a plan? Maybe God's percolated something. Maybe you need to rethink it. I don't know. It's between you and God. I'm never going to look at that. But you have to think of a plan if you're going to faithfully give to support the things that matter, and specifically murder covenant church. So I'm just going to give you a minute of awkward silence with no background music, and then I'll pray, and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, we recognize that every good, every perfect gift has come from you. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church and a community of so many generous people. I thank you that you've tuned all of our hearts to be generous. It is in us because we are made in your image that we long to be those things. We long to be generous. We long to bless you and to bless others. So, God, I pray that you would speak to us, you would speak to our families, that we would wrestle with what it looks like to have a plan to support the church that we love. We all have plans to support things, but may Marine Covenant get into that as well. Thank you so much for the faithful people who have been carrying so much of the weight of our church, and because of them, so much great ministry has been done. I pray that your hand of blessing would be on them in a special and unique way. And for those of us trying to figure it out, God, I pray that you'd be gracious and would bless us too as we sort that out as well. And I pray that you would guard me and you'd guard my friends, that we would not just be able to look past the, this is a money grab from Marin Covenant Church, but at the end of the day, God, we want to be disciples of your son, Jesus. We want to be followers of him. We want our treasure to be in the things that you treasure. And you say that where our money goes, there our heart goes. May our hearts be fully invested in you and in your kingdom. And may it come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen and amen.